Network, we would like to remind everybody that certain topics of discussion may not be comfortable for all listeners. Certain viewpoints may not reflect those of our partners, sponsors, affiliates, our hosts, or that of our guests. We would like to encourage everybody to keep a respectful and open climate of discussion for all topics, no matter how disturbing they may be. So viewer discretion is advised. gentlemen to another Saturday night tonight we are Chris and I are joined by Simon Clark who wrote the book this will blow your socks off too quite interesting stories that have come up when we're just doing our usual pre-show BS and around so Simon why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the public real quick hi yeah Simon Clark um I have a background in uh engineering um 15 years working on aircraft repairing aircraft and most of the last 15 years on aircraft design. So I think I've got a good understanding how a lot of things work, and especially when we're looking at things that fly in the sky that shouldn't. Ooh, that's actually, I've got some questions for you too, because I'm, I'm really interested in aircraft. Um, yeah. My father, he does the model jets and stuff like that. And oh, the control design, one. Yeah, the, the, the gas turbine ones, you know, the oh, ones with the gas turbines. Yeah. Very expensive um, hole on the ground. Yes, it is a very expensive hole on the ground. He's probably watching this. Right? It is a very, very expensive thing. So can you can you tell us how you, you got into this kind of book? How did, how did it all start for you, Simon? Um, several, several things. My parents always told me that the first house they lived in had a poltergeist. So my parents were very open to poltergeists and, and strange things. Um, and I, I remember when I was at school, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, whatever, when it was at junior school, uh, and some people claimed that there was a, a UFO flying around the air the night before. It's always the night before, isn't it? It's, it's, it's never that night. Of course, we didn't yeah, have phones and internet and things. Um, but I, I really got into it, I think I was about 19. I've been in the Air Force uh, about two years by then. And for Christmas, uh, I guess uh, Above Top Secret by, I forget his name, uh, and it was just full of really good accounts mm-hmm. of alien interactions. That, and then the engineering that I was sort of learning and going through at the time, you start realising there's things that are just not capable. Uh, and one in, in particular that's been doing the rounds recently, the, the 2004 Nimitz incident, when they got these things flying 8,000 feet and you know they dropped yeah. down to sea level, whatever it is, of a second. 
But, you know, these things were following the, the ships for like four days. Well, nothing flies that long because in a jet engine, you know, uh, lots of transport aircraft, you can do air-to-air -air refueling. But there is a finite life because you're going to use some engine oil. You know, um, yeah. modern gas turbines are not as bad. The earlier ones that I worked on had a total loss system. So you put the oil in, mm -hmm. it went through the front bearing, through a tube to the back bearing, and then out through the jet pipe. So it did get burnt. It used like a pound an hour. But mm -hmm. th there will be a, a finite life. How long, you know, you can't continuously refuel a B-52 or a C-5 galaxy or something for days yeah. and days and days. You, you just can't do that. Mm -hmm. But then when you're looking at things hovering, yeah. you know, I think there's like an eight and a headwind or something, but, you know, helicopters hover. Yeah. Helicopters can't get up to eight thousand feet. There's no air. Is, mm -hmm. is it true that helicopters can only hover for so long? Is it? And I've heard that yeah. helicopters can only hover for a certain amount of time. Yeah, so if, you're, if, if you've got a full, a full tank of fuel and, and it says that mm -hmm. your helicopter will fly for two hours, yeah. You sat on the end of the runway, you, you apply, apply collective, and you lift the aircraft off the ground. You pull in about 80% uh, power. If you hold it in the hover and just tip the nose slightly forwards, you start to accelerate. As you accelerate, mm -hmm. you've now got air coming over the blades as well, which gives you more lift, and you start to climb. As you're climbing, you get, say, 1,000 feet. You can back up your power a little bit, say, 70%. Now, if you then... So, you're using 70% power... And that will last for two hours. That's the amount of fuel that you've got. But if yeah. you try and hover, you're now using 80 to 90% power. So you're losing yeah. a lot more. So you can't fly for two hours. You fly for like an hour and a half. So whatever you... So if you see a speck of a helicopter, whether it's two hours, four hours, whatever, that's in forward flight at cruise speed, at cruise power settings. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, like, it's like driving a car with, with, your, with your footfall down and top doing 120 not that we could anywhere, really. But, you know, if, if you could do that all day long, you know, you're going to run out of fuel in, you know, in an hour or less. But if you're at cruise speed, you use a lot less. So, yeah, you know, extra fuel tanks on board. You might be able to hover a helicopter yeah. for, you know, three or four hours. But also, the helicopters are so unstable, I suppose, these, these days they don't have the autopilot yeah. on. So it makes it yeah. easy. But, yeah, very limited. Very limited on the amount yeah. of time. So, so... Pure curiosity. What is your thoughts on UFOs? Where do you where do you think they come from, and what do you think they are? On some of them, because some of them I think are military, because I do yep. think we have got some secrets stashed away, especially the Americans, because they spend enough money on their military. Yep. Oh yeah. But obviously, obviously, I'm a big believer in the UFOs. I am a big believer in extraterrestrials. Yep. What's your thoughts on that? So, where do they come from? Not a clue. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> well, not here. But not here. Yeah. I listened, and, and this again comes down to my experience. So, if you listen to Bob Lazar, yeah. So, um, no, he described for anyone that hasn't heard of Bob Lazar, he he described working near Area Fifty One at a place called S Four, where there's a hangar full of different mm -hmm. uh, UFOs. Uh, and he went inside a few times because he had to look at things. And someone said to him, and he said there's like shelves and things. And somebody said, how are they fastened on? Are they riveted or bolted on? He said, neither. They just sort of moulded into the wall. Now, back in the 80s, that was probably about true for everything. You know, mm. the most things, maybe some uh, uh, sort of pleasure craft, uh, sailing boats, things, would have things moulded in. Mm -hmm. But 
Whereas everything, they, you know, so much these days is carbon fibre. But that's what that's how you'd make it. You, you'd actually have the way that you'd build this thing up. It would you, you make carbon fibre by putting the layers in, or the the or the, or the, or the sticky prepreg. Then you cover it in um, a soft wadding. Then you put plastic mm-hmm. all over it and you vacuum it. Now you either vacuum it to cold cure or you put it in autoclave, which heats it up. But it's vacuumed, so there's lots of pressure uh, to squash mm-hmm. all this together. So when it comes out the autoclave, or when, when it's finished setting, you take all this off, and basically you have a panel, and you have a shelf sticking out, but it won't be obvious how it's held on. It, it's just in there. So it, it's basically saying that the technology he was seeing in the 80s was about mm-hmm. where we're up to today on some yes. of the interior stuff. So, see, I've, mm, see yeah. I've heard, I've heard for like extra, people extraterrestrial that have been inside these ships. Yeah. That some of these ships could be living. You know what I'm trying to tell you? Like, a, like a, yeah, yeah, the material yeah. they're made from is like a, a mm. living material that basically moulds itself into shape. And if it gets damaged, it's like skin that repairs itself. Yeah. They, they grow the ship. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so uh, I've also heard from other places where they talk about um, uh, they, they talk about you got UFOs that have smooth skin, and you got UFOs that you can see the rivet lines, and the ones with the rivet lines are the ones that have been back engineered and built, well, I say probably by the Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there was the, even when I don't know if it was Apollo Eleven, but it was one of the Apollos was, was sat at Cape, Cape Canaveral, Cape Kennedy. Um, and a UFO flew past it to have a look. I don't know who said it, where it was, whatever. But uh, you know, back in the sixties, they had aircraft capable craft capable of, uh, of flying without known propulsive systems. And that's where we get on to uh, element fifteen, isn't it? One See, 15. I before I let my co-host go here, I've always been fascinated with UFO. UFOs, not just because how they fly, it's because how quiet they are. Yes. And it makes you wonder, that they must have no really internal moving parts. It's like you say, you've got jets, yeah. you've got F-15 fighters, you've got, you've got these transport planes, all of them have got moving parts, the turbines and the oil and... Yeah, and, and it turns chemicals through heat into thrust. Yes. Mm-hmm. You turn it chemicals like, into... Um, um, what type of motion is it? Physical motion, yeah. I can't think yeah. what the term is, but uh, yeah, you know, the, the to have something that hovers that doesn't produce um, noise, there's no obvious signs of um, propulsion. I've, I've come across a few things on um, that's Project Green Glow, which is when they're looking at anti gravity machines and, and how you can make those. In fact, I did some experiments yeah. with that, with with getting thrust out of um, gyroscopes. That's so got, So if you've got a motor and then you've got a spinning yeah. disc, you spin the disc mm. up. But if you turn the whole assembly, it'll lift up or it'll, yes. or it'll push down. So in theory, if you get one at each end, um, it should produce lift for the whole assembly. Yeah. See, I've heard, I've heard about the, the, the spinning Mercury. Have you ever heard about the spinning Mercury? Um, the... uh, some some reports, yes. Not, I don't think yes. anything... That, uh, oh, just remembered, there was... Um, oh, this propulsion. 
there was a guy, I think it was in Russia, back in the 50s or 60s, and he produced this, had this machine on a desk, and if you got yeah. this Wayne scales and you <clears> moved <throat> it above the beam, the scale went to <clears> zero, or, or it went the other way, you know, went like negative, it was producing lift. So they, went, they said, well, how hard does it go? So they tried it at different heights, and they went to the room above it, moved this scale around, and all of a sudden the scale started lifting, as if this beam was just producing negative gravity, all the way through yeah. the building. That's see, that's yeah. absolutely amazing. The technology that we're dealing, we are basically like we are basically like cavemen compared to these. Oh these yes, are, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dakota, you know, like uh, uh, rocket engines, like the the, the newest things that developed, yeah. rocket engines. They're nineteen twenty. You know, uh, yeah. basically jet engines are nineteen. 30s and you know petrol engines diesel or internal combustion engines yeah. you know they're back to the 1850s mm. you know we, we, the most yeah. modern aircraft brand new aircraft you know it, it's still it's still popping out stuff from 100 years ago that's the best we can do yeah 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 it really makes you wonder what the military have got stashed away. I mean, they talk about Area 51. That's not really used anymore. It's used for, like, maybe... Well, no, 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 yeah, it is. Yeah, it's practising. It's used for It's oh, used yeah. for... Aye. But there's, there's well, other the places... Yeah, there's there's other places now that are used more. I can't remember. Yeah. Is it... Where am I Where am I talking about, Dakota? It's, it's near... Is it... No Groom Lake? Where is it? There's a... It's like... There's it's a lot like of places, Chris. I can't even... It's Area yeah, 54 there's a lot of Area 51. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's like Area 54, it's called, or something like that. But it's... Uh, the technology... Yeah. 54, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like, a few miles north of the Groom Lake facility? I think it is. I think it's like the new... It's like an underground complex kind of thing built under, yeah. the, under the mountains kind of thing, you know? I watched a yeah. program on it, actually. I um, just want to say everybody in the chat, welcome everybody. We've got 300 and odd people watching us right now. Thank you very much all over the networks. Um, <laughs> um, but the, the, the technology is out there. I mean, I, I, do you think, and here's an interesting question, do you think yep. that the US military or the British military or whoever is in charge have crashed alien craft for Roswell or... But the British military, I don't know. I don't know. Doubt it? We might have? Not sure. The Americans, I would say absolutely yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely yes. Now, Roswell, because we, we all know and love Roswell, what most people don't know um, is that there was UFO sightings at Roswell for about three weeks before the crash. Most people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um but there's, there's, there's a tale, uh, I can't remember which series I was watching, uh, and this guy, he was, um, he was an aircraft guy, same as me. Um, so Roswell Air Force Base at the time was the only base in the US that had the nuclear missiles, had the, sorry, mm-hmm. the nuclear bombs, and the bombers to drop the bombs. And one of the things you do, if your aircraft is taking off from where you are and landing back where you are, they're not landing. They're not landing anywhere else. They, they might have some kit on board, they might not have a lot. But if they're going away for a few days, they need, they need some kit on board. You know, you need oil for the engines. You might need other lubricating oil. Um, the, the bits that normally break, 
when you go away, you say you have a box with all these different bits of pieces in, called flyaway packs. So this sergeant is going onto the hangar where they keep the flyaway packs, uh, and as he gets to the side door, uh, there's um, uh, an MP stood there, Sergeant MP. Now, mm-hmm. when you're on guard, you are basically the station commander under the commander's orders. So I've, I've had it before where I, I found some wires under a car when I was out in Germany, when I, when I, when I was inspecting with the mirror, and I said to the sergeant and the car, I, I was just like a lowly, lowly rank, I said to the sergeant, can you get the car please, sergeant, and, and look at it and tell me it's okay. He says, it's my petrol pump. That's very good. Thank you, Sergeant. But can you get out of the car, please? Because it's like, I don't care what rank you are. I've asked you to do something, and you will do it. And the guy next to me has got a gun with bullets in it. You know, yeah. you, you generally keep it out of the way. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you get to the point where you say to him, on him. And he'll, he'll point the gun at him. Now you've got a report to write. But it's like, and it, so eventually this, this guy sort of realised that I wasn't going to give up. Um, and I was well within my rights, because... You're not there representing you. You're there representing state commander's orders. So, uh, as this MP stood at this, at this side door, and the guy says, excuse me, Macca, he said, I need to get in, drop this off. He says, you're not allowed in. He says, but I need to get in to drop these off. He says, you're not allowed in. So the next thing the, the MP does, as, as the guy takes another pace forward, he reaches for his holster and just holds onto his gun. He doesn't pull the gun, he just holds onto it. Well, the engineer knows, because he's done guard, that when somebody touches a weapon like that, the next thing is, the next action forward is you pull it out, and the next action after that is you make ready. The next after that, you don't want to know. Yeah. Um, so if he's touching it, then he's serious. So you, yeah. you have to turn around and go back, and it's like, don't bother taking it over there, fellas. Just leave here because we can't get in. He's like, well, why can't we get in? It's like, I don't know. And this MP stood there, and you know, it's military policeman. We can't get in. And you go, well, why is that happening to the hangar that they store this in, that has aircraft mm. parts in? Is there something in there that is secret? That, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, there's little things, being ex-military and being an engineer, that I and other you know, ex-military and ex-engineers can, or engineers can can pick up on that other people perhaps don't, don't notice. Do you think there could have been anything else in there, like maybe like weaponry? Could have been. Could have been. I did hear... I did read one report that apparently these were uh, alien grey children out on a joyride that crashed. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I've heard that one too. I've heard that yeah. one too. Dakota, would you yeah. like to ask? No, I can't remember what series I saw it was, but it was examining alleged crashed UFO bits. It was just a little fragment that they tested. And yep. they found that part of the composition of this alleged craft was bismuth. Like, what use would that have for aircraft? Bismuth? Yeah. Like the shiny crystals, you know, always have kind of a, a cube shape to them. Right. I know the sort of crystal sort of shape that you're meaning. Um, what I do know is that when we talk about aluminium, an aircraft made out of aluminium, it's not aluminium, it's aluminium alloy. So you take aluminium and then you add in 3% of copper, plus or minus a little bit, and then add in other bits and pieces of other elements. Um, you can add in magnesium a little bit, bit more. 
uh, and it makes it more flexible, it can be more heat resistant, it, it alters the properties. So when we're talking aluminium, these 50, 20, 100, probably 200 different types of aluminium, and then you can heat treat it. So you add in different elements. So it could be an aluminium type material or composite material, not a composite, but it could be a, 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 a chemical composition that uses that crystal, but I've never heard of that. Uh, well, the composition of it, the craft itself, it was like the you had the aluminium, then you had the bismuth, and it was just sandwiched together like that. That's what caught oh, me off right. guard. I'm just like, wait, what does that right. do? <laughs> the, oh, actually, that's interesting, because there is, um, not Alclad, there is a form of aluminium. God, this is going back a few years. And you basically get it's an extremely thin sheet of aluminium, mm. a bit thicker than turkey foil. Mm-hmm. Then you have a very thin layer of fiberglass. Uh, yeah, I've heard aluminium that. fiberglass, aluminium fiberglass, and then, then it mm. ends on aluminium. Now, what happens with that is if you've got a crack in aluminium, the crack spreads. You know, they spread quite mm. slowly, then they get a lot faster. But because it's multiple layers, the crack might be in one of the layers, but it won't jump across the fiberglass to the next layer unless it's absolutely torn it apart. So it's a lot more fatigue resilient. Yeah. Oh, it's been quite a few years since I've uh, I've looked into anything like that. Because the Alclad, when you see the shiny aluminium aeroplanes, what it actually is, is aluminium, mm-hmm. um, aluminium alloy in the middle, then they put pure aluminium on either side. Because pure aluminium doesn't corrode, but aluminium alloy does. Mm-hmm. So you can see an airplane that looks absolutely perfect, but it has a scratch on it. You can see some white dust on that, and that's aluminium oxide. Corrosion, yeah. So interesting. Yeah. But speaking of yeah. uh, uh, chemicals and things, I was watching a program on copper mines all across the, the US, and it's where somebody's just dug a pit and dug out copper, and they used lidar and like a like a quadcopter, and you can see these pot these these. Um, these little pot marks all over this hillside from 3,000, 4,000 years ago. Now, that was interesting. And they said, well, what we'll do, we'll, we'll take a sample out of the lake, or they took a few samples out of the lake, um, and it detected when, and, and you can look at seeds and so many other things to date these different layers. And they could see when the copper smelting was done in the area, and it gave them this sort of three and a half thousand, four thousand years ago. But the one thing they didn't pick up on, which I did, was all the titanium. Right. You're thinking, who's been using titanium 4,000 years ago? Yeah. So, I don't know the history of that, but it, it's like, as far as I know, that, that that's not been used until more, more recently. See, the, the stories suggest that there was an ancient civilization, before, there were many civilizations before, obviously, yes. us. Yes, yep. this is the humans, maybe, fourth, fourth time round the block, as one would say. Yep. So, yeah. what's to say that maybe one of these civilizations there wasn't a war that wiped everybody out and they used maybe yeah. titanium to yes. build their jets oh, yeah. or their aircraft or their me, me, or me, me, things. Yeah, in modern history, in the history that we're told now, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah no, there's no titanium in that. But if you go back to India and the Vimanas from ancient mm-hmm. history, you know, they're all yeah. flying down in these craft because flying was yeah. normal. Uh, and, yes. and you go, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> Which takes us over to, um, oh, the 
shapes in South America. Yeah. Nazca lines? Nazca lines, lines. yeah. yeah. And, and, and I had a slide on this. I was in Newmarket a few weeks ago doing the mm-hmm. presentation. And, and you get the animals, and everyone focuses on the animals and what to be or whatever. But what I see is you've got these, these div- con- convergent lines, and they can converge for a bit, and then they go parallel. Well, mm-hmm. what I have is I've got one of these convergent lines on me, on my presentation, mm-hmm. and next to it I've got the, the view that the pilot sees of a runway when you're coming into land. And it looks like that. Yeah. And then as you've landed, it goes parallel, more or less. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's parallax angles and what have you. And it's like, well, if someone's flown and landed, that's what they're going to remember, and that's what they draw on the floor. And then, have you heard of cargo culture? think I have. I've heard it somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So, explain it for the dummies in chat. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Second World War, especially in the Pacific, mm-hmm. the, you know, the Japanese on one island, the Americans will land on this island, they clear all this yep. space, uh, and the aircraft come in, um, and, and they, they talk to the natives, uh, and so many people call John. They end up with it being called John Culture. Anyway, so people have gone back to the islands 20 years later, and there's runways cut in the jungle, and there's aircraft made out of sort of bamboo and trees and things, and they're holding rifles that are made out of sticks. Sounds like really good fun, actually. <laughs> um, and, and it's like, they cut the runways, because years ago, when I was little, or granddad was little, they cut the jungle, and the iron birds arrived. And you sort of look at the, the uh, Aztec line, the Nazca lines, and you look at the cargo culture, and you go, you know, it's it's like these people have been shown something, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to replicate, that they've landed yeah. at runway places, so we're going to build them here, and wait for, the, wait for the things to come from the sky. See, I've always been fascinated with the Nazca lines, because it's, yeah. it's a place that's always fascinated me, it makes you wonder. Yeah, yeah there is, see the runways, I know what you're talking about there, and yeah. I, believe, I believe it looks like a runway. Right. Yes. And but then you get the the big figures of like people, where people have drew them. But I think yeah. that's that whoever's been left behind have thought, oh, let's make pictures and maybe the our friends will come back again. Using I symbols. Yeah. yeah. Using symbols mm-hmm. to bring them back. Because I know yeah. some people have been uh, have had uh, alien experiences, and they've been taught these symbols. Yeah. So it, it's like. Um, I'm trying to think of one. If, if I give you like a, like a three-point with a circle around it, you think mm-hmm. Mercedes, and then you're thinking it's Mercedes cars and Mercedes... Da, 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 da. So one little symbol can mean like a whole chapter or, or yes. a few paragraphs at least. And yes. that's the sort of language that the aliens use. So, and, and you know, like I say, it's almost like they've drawn these certain animals on in certain areas that if one of their species flies over it, they go like, da, 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 oh, they need rescuing, and they've been there for ages. Yeah. So it, it, it could be something like that, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh. somebody, what? What's that? I was just, I thought you were going to show us something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I was just thinking yeah. it's fascinating because have you ever have you ever seen the reports with the American military how they've, they've came across these UFOs that their, their bullets and their rockets will just go right through? Do you, do you know find that fascinating? How, how is that possible? It's like, what, where am I talking about here, Dakota? This is, I can't remember yeah. the incident, but it was... There was um, a couple different incidents where that happened. There was the uh, 
Battle of Los Angeles, where, well, granted, it's a yep. yeah. can fall the times that everybody's stressed out, and when you're in times of high adrenaline, your yeah. vision gets destroyed. That well, just yeah. happened. But there's also <laughs> an incident where, like, Stranger at the Pentagon, Val Thor, he literally yep. gave the people that he spoke to saw his uniform, and they tried shooting all sorts of weapons at it and did nothing. I, it's like it dematerializes. It's like the ship knows, right, spaceship's flying along, and it's like, oh, no, here comes a pesky human. They've got to try and shoot at me. So they do something yeah. to their ship, and it just goes right through it. And like, I've, I've never read anywhere they've gone through it. But you can right. sort of, you can maybe sort of see how they've done. But I think I've come across somewhere they've shot the missiles at it, mm-hmm. and the missiles have just missed it completely. It, it, it's like the missile couldn't find it, or it's a locked on, and they'd sort of zapped it, so it it, it was locked off. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. do you know about the um, the story? I think it's true. I'm not sure that uh, there's a policeman on the A1 trying to stop people for speeding, so he's got like a speed gun. Yeah, uh, and then there's a car coming up a side road from the east. So he gets yeah. his, his laser, shoots it at it, and next thing stops working. Oh, what the hell's up with this then? You know, but it, it had a reason of like 300 miles an hour before it turned yeah. off. So what the heck's this then? Anyway, so they got in touch with the air force and said, "Do you know anything about this?" They went, "Yeah, he's lucky because he's up to a, a radar this way as a tornado's flying towards him, you know, yeah. 50 miles away, whatever it was." Because he got this radar, an unknown radar, he didn't know what it was, so instantly activated all the systems, armed the missile, ready to go, and all the pilot had to do was squeeze the trigger. So, so this, 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 this policeman and his little speed gun and his police car nearly got blotted to smithereens by this oh um, anti-aircraft. That's, that's, that's a little scary. I've heard oh. like that, but... So Damn. if there's any police officers uh, watching this right now and you're doing some speed enforcement and you're next to a military place, just let those speeders go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. If they're doing miles an hour, let them go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if they're going too so, quick, you know. I'm assuming you guys will have read uh, The Death of Roswell by Philip Corso. Yes. I've yeah. heard that. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've got the audio book version. I've listened to some of it. Yeah, so you... Yeah. I mean, that's... That to me is is so realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, they he got given a box of things that came off the uh, Roswell UFO, and he was told to pass these out to industry. Industry had to make their own backstory uh, mm-hmm. and keep all the profits. You know, it's your invention, but you know we've we've got this. Now, if you start looking into it, transistors, you know. We're all of an age where, you know, we remember transistor radios as a kid, yeah. and they were, like, they were like the big thing, and we didn't know why they were the big thing. But everything used to have valves in it, you know. A radio yeah. was the size of the TV okay. today. I used um, to have a TV. My, my grandmother had a TV with big, big massive valves in it. You're good to remember yeah. this guy sitting next to me. He's, he's only in his 20s. He kind of remembered it. Oh, right. I've, I've well, seen old TVs like that at their thrift stores. I know what y'all are talking about. No, not the, the ones you had. You know, there were big TVs, but there were cathode ray tubes, whereas these days there are all these yeah. flat screens. Yeah. No, the older ones didn't have computer components in there, yeah. which is what, what they had even back in the 80s and 70s. But the, like the one, we actually had one that you turn yeah. it on, you go in the kitchen, you put the kettle on, you make the coffee, you make yourself some breakfast, you come into, into the lounge, you sit down, you eat your breakfast, you drink your coffee, and then the telly would pop on. Up. Up. 
they, they, they took forever. So, yeah. so the transistors, which is what the tellers of the seventies and eighties had, you turned it on, count to ten, and it's it sort of just about come on. And um, they had transistors in. Now, if you if yeah. you Google Wikipedia, whatever, the invention of transistors. That's interesting. You got a manager and you got two blokes. Yes. The first story is it wasn't what we intended to invent. No. Okay. The manager tries to take the, the credit for it because he invented it and he tries to sell it onto someone else without involving the rest of the team. And then the next thing they did was it once they invented it was pass it on to the Japanese who started making, it was the big thing in the sort of 70s, that, you know, all these transistor radios and all this high tech was coming from Japan. Yeah. Um, but as I say, the backstory, when you look into it, you go like, nah, that's, that's just bull. <laughs> How can you create something that you were trying to invent when that's your yeah. job, is developing ele- you know, electronics? A lot of stuff's been invented that way, is it not? A lot of things have been invented that way, is it not? It can be, it can be, but the the, the whole story, you look at it and you go, and and even if it was, well, we tried this experiment and got that result, then we tried that experiment and got this result, and then we thought, hold on a minute, and then we we looked at that and then we we tried to make this. If there's like an evolution, you can go, I can understand that. Um, But no, they didn't, and it's like, hmm. Um... Yeah, the yeah. electronics, avionics, um, outstanding. You know, we had the, yeah, the first I mean, aircraft. Yep. No, on you go, on you go. Sorry, yeah. on you go. The first aircraft I worked on in the early 80s were designed in the 70s, 60s yeah. in fact, uh, was the design of the Jet Provost. You know, mm-hmm. they, had, they had radio boxes in like this, and that was a radio. Yeah. You know, he's got like a tuner on the inside, but it's connected mm-hmm. back down to this huge box thing. Um, and the, the the technology since then, it's just absolutely incredible. Roswell, if you've not been by the way, Roswell is a very interesting place to go to. I've been there. Have you been there? I've, I would love to go there one day. Yeah. I mean, talking talking about technology. I mean, you look at technology now with like smartphones yeah. and tablets, and it, I mean, we're doing a show tomorrow on artificial intelligence. Yeah. Do you think some of these UFOs? Do you think some of them are pilots? Do you think there's maybe like artificial intelligence that's maybe piloting them? I was down in Hereford. I was doing a book signing in Hereford. Um, and I stopped at this lovely country pub. The, the the room would only hold about 20 people. There's a roaring fire on one side. There's nice beer at the bar. And there's just friendly people all around you. It was just brilliant. Yeah. And the, the, the landlord said, oh, he says, he's staying with us a couple of nights. He's an author. Oh, what'd you write about? Uh, UFOs, Bigfoot and aliens and things. And the guy, like, well, hold on a minute. And this guy said, he says, I'll tell you a story now. He says, you believe in aliens? I went, yeah. He says, about 10 years old. He says, grew up living on a farm. He says, me and my dad were like, walking across the farmyard. He said, in front of one of the barns was this blue ball, uh, basketball sort of, football sort of size, and it just yeah. drifted across. And his dad said to him, if you ever tell anyone about that, he says, you've got, you've got a whole load of trouble coming. Just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. 20, 30 years ago. Um, yeah, those little ones and the one that I saw, I would say are definitely are uh, yeah. artificial controlled. But, you know, if you look at how Teslas are coming on, and at the end of this month, Tesla's got a, an AI day, and they're, they're developing full 
full walking robots, and also yeah. train for robots, is coming from the cars. And yes. before the show, I was I was chatting with these guys, and saying, and I didn't didn't think about this, but Teslas they got cameras all the way around the car. I think there's eight cameras. Now, mm-hmm. you and I would have probably thought that the computer gets all these eight pictures, and then mm-hmm. sort of works out what's happening, and then takes that through the AI. No. What it does is it creates like a circular picture around the car, so it's a, a full, um, full perspective, situation awareness. That's what I'm trying to think of. So it knows what's yeah. where all around the vehicle, and then the AI works on that. See, that's that's, that's another step forward. Yeah. yeah. I but maybe that's old technology that we've had stashed away that's now allowed to be used. It does. It certainly does seem to be that way. Speaking of old technology. This, as well as aliens, this is this is one of my other favourite topics. Ancient and advanced human beings. Let me move that over a bit. Yes. All those hundreds of people are sat on one block of stone. Yes. That block of stone is four metres tall, 12 feet, four metres wide, 12 feet, by 20 metres long, which is 70 feet long. Yeah. You know, it, it's as big as two or three houses. It weighs a 1,000 tonnes. Yes. And where they're used, about a mile up the road has Roman built on top of it. And all the Roman blocks are like little tiny Lego blocks compared to this sort of breeze block underneath. See, I've had, I've had arguments with people, like the pyramids, for instance, right? Yep. And they're like, oh, it was lots of slaves that made them. And <laughs> this That takes a long time to build, right? Yeah. Or there's some places throughout the world, too, that I can't remember the name yet. We actually did a show in Dakota, and remember, I I showed a picture of this place, I think it's in South America somewhere, and these blocks, these blocks, these blocks are, like, perfectly made, and they're thousands of years old. Yes. And they look like, they look, they look like they've been made in, like, a 3D printer. They look like they've been made to perfection. Or they've been moulded. Yes. They've been made... Everyone is exactly the same within. It's been measured. At, they're, they're today, absolutely this day, so close together that you yes. can't get a sheet of paper between them. Yeah. Yes. Now, th- and this again goes back to my early engineering experience. So you get a piece of metal about that big, uh, and, yep. and you're going to square it off. Mm-hmm. Now, a piece of metal that size, 16 gauge, is 1.6 mil thick. It's like half a dozen sheets of paper. Same sort of size, same sort of thickness. To get that perfectly flat mm-hmm. and to get all the angles at 90 degrees takes you three days. Finally. Yeah. Now, more experience, more you now. can obviously do it more quicker, but, you know, if it takes that long to do such a tiny cross-sectional area, when you've got, like you say, these sort of 20-foot-high blocks that are like four foot deep, whatever, oh, yeah. or five foot yeah. deep, how the heck do you get that so perfectly smooth yeah. to, get, to get the next one? You know, if you have a huge circular saw, you could do that, because you're going to get parallel cuts, so you have both blocks nearly touching, mm-hmm. and you cut down, cut the, that bit away and pull it in, but you know all the teeth marks. Yeah. And, and, and you would know, because one of the issues with, with, with rock is, it doesn't cut straight. You'll always end up with our angles. And I think the, the ones that you're talking about, I don't know if it's the same place, could be a different one, but the rock comes from the other side of the valley. That's, that, uh, that's the that's same the, place, yeah. And that's big, big blocks yeah. are like, 20 tons and 50 tons. Yeah. So you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, I'm trying to look where my finger is. So you've got to mine it, you've got to bring it down the side of the hill, about yep. a thousand feet, across the mm-hmm. river, and yep. a thousand feet up here. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have an explanation of 
the, the block at Baalbek, which is the one I showed everyone, and then these blocks, they did it that way because for them it was easy. How it was easy, I don't know. But well, it's they, had, they obviously had technology that's no long lost. Yeah. You know you know uh, Tower Bridge in London? The, the, yes. Is it Tower Bridge? Yeah, the, the big bridge with, with the list up. Yeah, that's Tower Bridge, yeah. That, yeah, when they built that, the steam cranes that they had at the time could only lift five tonnes. Mm-hmm. And that's in the 1800s. So how do they, a couple of thousand years ago, whatever... But this is this is when you can bump into this is when you bump into people in universities and stuff like that. Ah, but yes, they used they used rope and they used uh, logs. But then you say, but it's the middle of the desert and they're building uh, these ginormous yeah. pyramids. Where did they get Another the from? Well, yeah. so, so you're going to put your big block on logs? Yeah, yeah. They just rolled it on logs. How do they make how do they make the logs round? How do they make all the logs the same diameter? Yeah. Because if your logs are all different diameter, you're only, you're only, it's only being carried on a couple. Yeah. All your log, your roadway has to be perfectly smooth and, and, and firm. Yeah. And then your logs are all after the same diameter. So how, how did you lave a 30 foot trunk that was like two and a half foot in diameter down to two foot diameter? So it's the same as all the rest. Yeah. Is, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of that place. I think it's called, is it Machu Picchu? I think it's called Machu Picchu. That's or the one, yeah, that's the one on, 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 that, yeah, on top of that, top of that mountain. Yeah. 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 And that, well, that's one of the places. There's yes. Calo. Well, there's loads in South America. Oh, yeah. Some, some other big ones. Sorry? No, I was just saying, South America, yeah. uh, that, that, that's a whole tour in itself yeah. for just UFO activity. Lake, lake Titicaca. It's the highest navigable lake in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's something like 8,000 feet high or something. I mean, it's massive. It's like 200 miles long. Yeah. It has seahorses in it, in fresh water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seahorses live in seawater, and, and if you move an animal from seawater to fresh water, I can't remember which one, the osmosis, the, the, the bloat or, or the shrink, I can't remember what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it also has uh, toads that only live under the water. They actually breathe through the skin. I've heard that. I've heard that. Now, my theory, and it is literally just a theory, sorry, I don't know what, some of those sites have had big mudslides on them. Yes. If whoever advanced technology was living there at the time, because I think Mm -hmm. some of these sort of towers in the area, they've got like blast holes in them. It's it's like a Star Wars type thing. Yeah. Um, Not Star Wars, but you know what I mean? But the huge blast holes and all these these rocks missing. Mm -hmm. And where these huge waves have come in and hit and washed everything mm-hmm. down. Was there a scientific institute there that was doing experiments on seahorses and on toads and, and, and like some of the other things and it washed them down into the lake and some survived and still survived today? Yeah. It's, uh, quite, that, that it's, it's, it's quite interesting you see that because you, obviously you get all these strange creatures. It's, yeah. There is a lot of strange creatures in the world but nobody knows where these these creatures have came from. I mean, some of them yeah. think that yeah, they're maybe aliens or something like that. But maybe, maybe yeah. the ancients before us were dabbling in genetics. Yeah. And then, well, we should... there is proof in that. that. That's book number three, by the way. Uh, well, I start talking about three. genetics. So, 2014, two guys in uh, Af- was it Afghanistan or Kazakhstan? It was over that way somewhere. They 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 looked at the entire human DNA. Yeah. 
and they went, there's actually coding in here. Because you, you know that, is it like 3% of our DNA is used and like 97% is just junk DNA, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, they found, I can't remember what, what they said it was, but there's like number systems and things in there. Mm-hmm. But, and, and this is where I, 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 I go off in a tangent again. Um, that if you look at chimpanzee DNA, six million yes. years ago, there was, a, there was a common ancestor, a common ape, yes. which we are related to, and the closest relative we have is the chimpanzee. Humans developed about 300,000 years ago. Chimpanzees developed 250,000 years ago. All apes and monkeys have 48 chromosomes. Mm-hmm. We have 46. Yes. And when you look at the first three chromosomes, um, you look at the chimpanzee ones, you look at ours, it's like the middle one, the number two, has been cut in half and Quite attached enough. to these two. You, you yeah. look, look at them and you go, well, they all match, more or less. But the, it, it's, it's been chemically spliced. Someone yes. has spliced our DNA. Yeah. That's, what that, <laughs> oh, that's, like, that's like getting into the Anunnaki can you talk tales yes. and stuff like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what's your thoughts on the Anunnaki? What's, yeah. what's your thoughts on that? Uh, well, you know, uh, as far as I'm aware, when um, oh, the Russian guy who translated him, I can't what it's called, the, um, I can't think of his name, but the Russian guy translated loads and loads of these tiles. As far as I know, he didn't have an agenda. He was just translating what was written. You know, and knowing some of them, they found the history of the um, of the Great Flood. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, Noah's Ark story. The the yeah. early Christians were captured by the Sumerians, I think, uh, and they were taught in their schools. Because I think they were there for like mm-hmm. a couple of hundred years, and then when they allowed them to go back, they now had the story of Noah. But they learned that in their schools, mm-hmm. and I think, I think it's in the British Museum is that one now. It's like a three quarter one of, of the story of Noah. But as far as I, Zachariah Sitchin. As far as I'm aware, he didn't have an agenda. He was just saying, well, that's what he says. You know, okay, some interpretations might be slightly out, but, you know, if a species came from a planet, a strange planet in our solar system mm-hmm. and did alteration to the existing bipedal mammals on Earth at the time, that could be absolutely right. Yeah. Now, the way I describe it in book two is that Aliens, humans, and Bigfoot, it's all related. Yes. Because when the Anunnaki came to Earth, and this is just a sort of throw it out sort of theory, mm-hmm. they found Bigfoot. And there are several different types of Bigfoot. There's Bigfoot, who's too strong, intelligent, has better, some better skills than us, but would be hard to control. So they want to dumb it down a bit, make it a bit shorter, make it a lot mm-hmm. less strong. Well, that's us, mm-hmm. that's human. Yes. Oh, yeah. the, so the reason why we have 46 chromosomes, not 48, is so they could breed us with something. So if you get an ape, make it a 46 chromosomes, and then you can breed it with something else that has 46 chromosomes to produce us. You know, um, most people don't know this, but, you know, hung like a donkey is quite a common phrase. Um, and one of, one of the reasons why donkeys, whales, horses, and everything... You know, they yeah. actually have a penile bone. Yes. You know, we, we basically have a big sponge, whereas all these animals have a penile bone. Now, which mammals? Mm-hmm. All of them. All, all um, 
all all apes and monkeys. I think there's one monkey, but it's so tiny it doesn't have one. Yeah. Mm. Um, whales, dolphins, horses, cows, pigs. You know, they all have this bone. It's up, it's down. And we don't have it. And then there's like so many other differences that all these other animals have that we are completely different to them. You know, yes. I mean, we're basically hairless. Why? I mean, yeah. What? Yeah. I think I think I think the stories are true. I think that we were genetically made, and a lot of people were, oh no, no, Darwin's all right, Darwin, no, that kind of stuff. And I think we were created for a reason. Yes, you know, I think we were created for a reason. That I yeah. do not know for anybody watching right now. I don't know the reason, but I'll hand you over yeah. to my co-host Dakota. Dakota, do you have any questions? Because we're actually starting to run out of time. I know it's it's up and flowing, man, isn't it? I know. Oh, it happens every time. But now the Anunnaki, <laughs> it's a definitely an interesting situation, and in where a lot of their depictions show them as looking like the engineers from the alien movies. Certainly okay. makes you wonder. Yeah. It, it was it them that they mixed with Bigfoot here, it would certainly explain why we're all of a sudden hairless, because what advantage does it... You have all these creatures that have some sort of fat, they have some sort of fur, even whales have some have very thin furs to them. What's the advantage of all of a sudden making an animal hairless? Well, these... In in my first book, I will just plug it. So this was the original Blowy Stock book. Um... And I, 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 I go through a list in there of, of the differences between uh, apes and us. Uh, and there's so many differences, you know. Um, apes and monkeys, they don't have hair on the top lip. I don't think, don't think they even have hair. Did you know there's, there's currently six different types of human beings on Earth? That's right. I felt that. There's the haplogroups. Mm-hmm. So if you get like the South Americans, you know, they have the dark hair. It's a very thick hair. They don't have any facial hair. Um, the, the, the Orientals, uh, North American Indians, they come from the, um, um, uh, Mongol, Mongolia. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, there's so many, there's, there's quite a few differences. Yeah. Um, the link to your books in the chat, I just want to say the link to your books in the chat. Oh, People like you, please click and buy it for Christmas, yeah. buy it for that, you know. Yeah. So you've got that one, and then you've got this one. The, the, the first one, a couple of people have said to me, it does wander a bit all over the place. And I said, well, I did say at the start of the book that this was my journey. I was trying to write a book on, yeah. I think I was trying to book, write a book on aliens. And then as you're looking into that, you come across something else and it's like, well, yeah. what the heck's that? Oh, I've never heard of it. So I follow that. Whereas in the second book, I've organised it into uh, aliens, ancient advanced humans, and Bigfoot, and then like a conclusion at the end. Mm-hmm. But the third one, uh, I'm partway through writing, I'm looking at um, DNA, Life on Earth, you know, life on Earth. Life on Earth was bacteria until 541 million years ago, and then within five million years, you got creatures with arms, legs. Uh, well, yeah. not arms, legs. You got, you got you got legs. You got shells. You got brains. You got digestive systems. You got systems that worked in yeah. conjunction with bacteria. And it's like, I think where did that, that come help from? In hand. I think I think yeah, yeah, no. helping hand. Yeah, I think yeah. someone or something did something. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the the one that's often quoted about oh, if we told people about uh, aliens and UFOs that uh, you know the public will panic. Well, look what happened when they did War of the Worlds on the radio. Oh yeah. Well, and again, this oh, one. Yeah. So I think it was 1936, 1937. It was it was before the war, but just before the war. Some of the people 
that were concerned, that did panic, thought it was the Germans who were, were attacking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel Most that. people, you know, monkeys. <laughs> it, yeah. it was just all types. Yeah. It's. I think for, for the human race to find out there's aliens, it is going to happen sooner or later. It's going to happen, but I think yeah. it will happen in the next few years. I think. We'll certainly get closer. I think our extraterrestrial friends. I think they want. I think they want to be an awakening first. They want people to kind of realise that there are. We are. We're here. But we are no. We don't mean you any harm. Whereas, yeah. I mean, you've heard the Project Bluebeam. You've heard the like uh, Project. Is it Project Bluebeam? You know, where the fake alien invasion yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah. I don't think personally. Look. I know for a fact, right, they've been coming here for a long time, right, and people yeah. are like, oh, what happens if they come in and take us out and kill us, or they might, look, they've been coming here for that long, they could easily wipe us out, like, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, right, they could easily no-cough an asteroid towards us, we couldn't do nothing yes. towards They've yeah. no. They come, they watch us. I've noticed that, they like to watch us. It's as if they're watching us yeah. grow. But they have, I think they have told the governments of the world, we've been using nuclear weapons and it's a bad idea. It's like what happened at the nuclear yes. missile silos where they turned them off. And yes. Um, yeah. Uh, whichever, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they, they did yeah. several sites in the UK, but they also did Russia as well, didn't they? That's right. They did oh, Russia. Yeah, they turned they those on, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They turned those on. But yeah, you know, they... And then the shot, the, there was a test missile as well, wasn't it, that was shot down in, in flood. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. Been, it's yeah. Yeah. Well, I so, mean, it's... Charlie... The, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say there was Renderland Forest. That was an interesting yeah. case. Yeah. And it makes you wonder what was in that base. Why were the... Why were the nosing, the extraterrestrials, why were the nosing at that base? Because it's like you say, it was a little ball of light moving through the forest. Was yes. that like a probe, look, just searching out to see yeah. what was there? I mean, if we we are currently, with our sixth generation stealth fighters, uh, we're currently looking at having drones fly yes. alongside the jet aircraft so mm-hmm. that, you know, if you want to go and bomb the airbase, the drone goes over and bombs the airbase. If the drone gets shot down, you, you've lost a $20 million drone or $50 million yeah. or whatever, but there's nobody inside it. That's right. So, you know, if we are now at that step, then, you know, it, it, it doesn't take long to get much further on. But I think, just going back to your, your point before, so I think the the admission by the U.S. Navy a couple of years ago when they said there are things in the sky that we don't know what they are, mm-hmm. they have capabilities better than ours. Basically, they're saying UFOs exist, and they're not ours, and they're not Russia's, and they're not China's. Yeah. To you and me, that says they come from somewhere else. You know, yeah. but yeah. okay, the public the public has to get it slowly. And I've also heard, and it'd be interesting to see, um, there's somebody who said that, well, now James Webb Telescope is up and running, it's going to find a planet somewhere where they detect signs of life. Only only yeah. small. And then, and it's like you say, they, they're going to slowly, over the next yeah. two, three, four, five years, hopefully, slowly give us more and more and more you know, find bacterial life on Mars. It's still there. It's fine. So life can form in other places. It's only bacterial. I, it's okay. And then they'll start building up from there, hopefully. 
I'll tell you what, we've, only, we've got about, what, five minutes left to the show. Yep. What's, your, what's your opinion on Mars, the planet Mars? Uh, I cover that in book two. Um, right. I, I found places there that look like they've been open cast mined. Yes. So if you've got elements in the ground, so you start you start taking off the topsoil and you dig down and then you realise that over here mm-hmm. there's no more. So you get these like sort of bits of islands of land with this, with this, like low level stuff in between, and all the, all the low level heights are basically the same. Yeah. Uh, and, and I give coordinates in the book to go and have a look. But then whenever you look at these bits of land, once because most of it looks like cliffs, but on one side you'll always see like a ramp area. Yes. Which is interesting. Uh, 1972, the Viking landers with the um, the experiment testing the uh, there's an name for it, I can't think of it, but they they, they proved there's bacterial life on Mars. Mm-hmm. There is, it, it's fine, it, it's there, it always has been. Um, anything bigger? I don't know, probably not. I don't know. It, it, it makes you wonder. I mean, listen, we're going to have to get you back again. I mean, all your yeah. books will be in the links below and and, and below yeah. the, the video. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll have to get you back again for book number three. Yeah. You know, but yes. it's been absolutely. Can, would you like to plug everything anywhere that anybody can, can reach, reach you? Um, so I'm an amazing book on Facebook. That's always a good one. Uh, if anyone's got any questions, just Simon Amazing Clark. You can email me at Gmail um, or Facebook, uh, and all the books are in Amazon. So I've, I've got a dozen books. I, I write all sorts, mm. you know, anything sort of mm. interesting or sci-fi. I even actually have a book on living on Mars, just using <laughs> imagination and, and, and engineering knowledge. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I just do anything that's unusual. That's me. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to I'm going to buy your book. I'm going to order it tonight for Amazon Thank you. because I'm going to I'm going to order the first one first. I take it that's on Amazon too. The first one. Yeah, the, 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 they're both on there. Like, so right. I think I've got I've got about a dozen books uh, in total uh, yeah. that are on there. Um, yeah. Three black cats. How to write and publish a book. But yeah, so the if you are thinking about reading them both, then yeah, definitely go yeah. go for this one first because it, it gives you an insight into what I'm learning as I'm going along. And then, yeah, like I said, this one's a lot more, lot more yeah. organised. And no, the once, use of the word too. <laughs> once, once something for a cold winter's night when the wind's howling outside and the snow's coming. <laughs> I think some of what I've written, you, you need to be under the quilt, you know, where it's safe. Mm-hmm. Like that. Trust me, I, I experience quite a lot of supernatural stuff. I, I'm, I'm used to it now, you know. So, Dakota, yeah. would you like to say anything before we... Anything no, about the show Simon, thank you for coming on. It's certainly been an interesting show. That, like Chris said, we're going to have definitely have to get you back. Yeah. Cause yeah. This is well, obviously more than happy any time, guys. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Loved it. All right. Oh, I, All I right. just love all that sort of stuff. It's great. Yeah. Thank you very much. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you join us tomorrow night because we're going to be talking about AI, artificial intelligence. Um, it'll be a very interesting show so I hope you all have a fantastic Saturday night catch you all and see you all soon catch you later dudes cheers everyone bye bye, bye.